I'm Morgan Tioka. This is the Challenge Her podcast. This is the Challenge Her podcast. Hey team, it's Morgan Tioka here from the Challenge Her podcast. I'm first time back in the studio and I can't wait to speak to you about a few of the reflections I have had. I'm really going to get someone on the show soon. I'm just a bit in a mobile place where I'm trying to figure out where my little headquarters will be, so I do apologise. But over the past six months, I've only done one recording, maybe two, since moving down to Sydney and I have had so many learnings It's a real interesting space. You're learning a lot about yourself and, you know, I sit here and I'm learning and then I'm trying to express how I feel and how I'm analysing the information. But now that I'm in a real place of uncertainty, it's about whether I'm willing to practice it and that's becoming a really interesting space for me because... The more uncomfortable I become, the more strategies I have to pull from over a period of time. And that really segues into something that I have learned a lot about analysing well-being and wellness and understanding the science behind well-being and human behaviour and how they interrelate and how that connects to sports performance So based off learnings from Adam Grant and a lot of stuff from Emma Murray recently who I've been listening to quite frequently on a few different podcasts, she's the main mindfulness practitioner down with the Melbourne Storm and the Richmond Tigers or has done work previously with both. I'm not too sure if she's currently with them. But some of the key messages she expresses on some of her podcasts relate back to some of the massive barriers I'm having in well-being. So with a lot of the different conversations I've had around the high-performance space but also just the general pop uh, in gyms, just locally with friends, well-being is this seen as this luxury or this sort of side holistic wellness hustle where you know people related a lot to saunas um, massages self-care meditation and different well holistic wellness strategies or or luxuries and it's really interesting uh it's pigeonholed a lot into that space where it's uh, a space of self-care and it's about the individual and helping the individual look inwards and figure out how they can better themselves. So physically, like saunas, ice baths, things like that. And um, it's just so much more than that. And it's definitely not to take away from that space because it's so important. Physically, how you feel is such a huge aspect of well-being But the reason why I touch on it is because um, people look at it and see it as a 
luxury to have, not something a must-have. Uh, so in the high-performance world, from coaches, sometimes players, um, and then looking in a school section, parents, it's just not a priority. And that's the constant thing that keeps coming up. It's not a priority. So good to have, not a priority. Uh we have to focus on our, our physical performance, our physical rehabilitation, you know, the mindset part, not really a priority. And I was listening to Emma Murray's uh, podcast she does with, um, it's called Dylan Friends and it's really popular. So a lot of people know it. It's not something new, but she just explains herself where she's had a um, an accident, her son's had an accident um and he's become a paraplegic and she just says thanks to my ability to practice mindfulness previously and keep practicing it it was able to give me the capability to use it at such traumatic times she said that we unfortunately we are look at life and when things go bad that's when we look for the edge or the thing you know to take the edge off whether it is you know obviously in a negative sense it's at that addiction space the numbing uh, drugs alcohol etc but in a positive wellness space um, it's you know we look at breathing and and meditation and quick okay we need ways to help regulate this traumatic experience and she just speaks about how if we could take the general pop and the 80% of people who are just managing their health and they're just managing their mind and their thoughts and give them the capabilities and the skills because it's like the gym and I'll keep referring it back you know building muscle takes time and consistency it's the same with mindset and mindfulness strategies it's consistent practice over time and there's a huge difference between a 10 minute meditation morning and practicing meditation at your worst self or practicing breathing at your worst self or at a point where you are dealing with your worst self now she goes into talk about what does that look like so in a performance sense what does your best self look like and what does your worst self look like? I'd like to relate this back to Brene Brown. So I went to a conference with Brene Brown's uh, educators and it was a workshop and we looked at uh, how we deal with emotions and emotional intelligence. And she speaks about these three pillars of wholeheartedness. She says it's cognition, affect, behavior so you're thinking you're feeling and you're doing and these are words like everyone knows this right like these are things that are spoken about all the time but at the same time it's okay well how do we how is this different from everything else and she says in a high performance setting where you can only control yourself how you show up write down you as your worst self, under stress, under pressure, under fatigue, and write it in those three spaces. So how am I feeling? What am I thinking? And what am I currently doing? So let's say, you know, halfway between the game, you've missed three tackles, 
dropped the ball once, you know, how are you thinking, what are you feeling and what are you doing? And they're those things like, oh, I've got to make up for this. This is not good enough. Uh, I'm not performing well enough. What I do? So that's that stress, anxious feeling. And then what's happening to your body? Well, you might be tensing. You're trying to overcompensate. You're rushing out of the line. You know, you start to perform differently and out of character because you believe you've got to make up for the mistakes that you've made. And it's understanding at that point in time, what are some places you can go to to help come back to the sense of, hey, I'm giving my best. I'm human. I can only control my effort and my attitude. How do I calm myself and reset and keep moving forward? And what does that look like? And it's being one, I guess, self-aware to go, how am I feeling? I know what this feels like. What am I doing? I know what this looks like. What am I saying to myself? I'm saying I'm not good enough. And know at that point in time, hey, I need a reset. I need it now. And having the capabilities to then have skills and strategies to change that. And that's understanding, okay, what, what do I look like at my best? And how do I go from this worst part of myself to the best and where where's the middle what does that look like and that's when she talks about going to that mindfulness so being present and feeling the feet on the ground picking up the piece of grass brushing it against your leg finding three things in your environment and just pointing them out you know trying to look for something that makes you feel good um, and, and brings you back to that center so for that split second you've stopped thinking that thought process of I'm not good enough and you're able to self-regulate and you'll notice your breathing sort of comes back and you know it's not it's not all roses and easy flow where you just fall back into this complete sense of calmness it's not like that at all but it's your ability to come back to less stress um, more calm than what you're currently in the state you're currently in And then resetting from there to make good decisions because we know that our brain, when our brain naturally falls into fight, flight, freeze response, which is the natural state when we're looking for safety and we feel stressed. As soon as our heart starts to race, our body's going to try and go into that limbic system. Our limbic system is that fight, flight, freeze. Okay, so that's when we tense up. our thought process goes to emotion not logic because unfortunately that's what's happening to our brain um, and our fr- prefrontal cortex has flipped up so now our limbic limbic system is activated and we need to get back to that that logic which is that prefrontal cortex takes back over and that's reducing heart rate slowing our breathing down picking out things in this space and the environment that we can control or or just that gets our mind off what we're thinking about going back to process focused understanding what our best self looks like so these are this is like the starting conversation of where we can get to if we believe that this is a must have So it all falls back to the fact that at the moment, if you look at Corey Keyes' model on languishing and flourishing behaviour, he looks at mental health and mental ill health. 
two different things. So you can be mentally, you can have mental illness, sorry, but you can still have good mental health. So that means I can have symptoms or I could be diagnosed with anxiety or depression, but I can still work towards a flourishing state of mental health. And what does that look like? Well, that's having good strategies to help myself feel good and function well under pressure, under stress, under fatigue. And when you look at Corey Keyes' model on flourishing, it's 80% of the population, you know. So coming back to I'm a wellbeing officer, my role is to help support athletes mostly off the field but to also get them to understand that if we can get them to have good stress regulation strategies off field they perform better on field and this is not something that is just for athletes this should be a priority for every human being because the field is athletes workspace the classroom is a teacher's workspace you know they're professionals so this is a a human who is trying to be their best selves in their own environment on a daily basis needs to understand that to be capable of being your best you must have skills and techniques to help self-regulate de-stress at moments of being your worst self or at moments of pressure at moments of fatigue it could be in the middle of a relationship argument it could be at the middle of um, you know pre-workout it could be in the middle of a financial breakdown like there's all of these human experiences that we have and they all interrelate to having the same type of stress regulation strategies so when people say that wellness or well-being is not a priority um, and it's, you know, it's something, it's a luxury, it points out again to me that if you are trying to be successful in your life, which could be you just trying to be your best self for your partner or your best self in your career or for your children – well, then it's a must-have. It's not a nice-to-have. And it's a really hard experience to deal with, I guess, when your role is to learn and be open to new learnings and you keep seeing all of this information all correlate. So by from every researcher I've gone to or local professional like Emma Murray, Brene Brown... Simon Sinek, Adam Grant, Dr. Vivek Murthy, Johan Hari, all of these people, the same similar common denominators are coming back. And it is if we are here in life standing on a tightrope and this is our life and we are managing stresses, blows, challenges, you know, roller coaster of life, why not take ourselves to another level physically? mentally socially so that when we are dealt with these huge challenges blows or barriers we can self-regulate we can help ourselves now you might be going through absolutely like traumatic times and 
you can't do it yourself but you know how to get support you know to put your hand up you understand how to communicate well because I'm in a space now where I am just we are picking up these people from huge injury blows um, massive relationship losses and we're just trying to help them see the value in themselves where if we could have done this earlier when they had a bit of a concept of management prior to these huge hurricanes or storms that come into their lives well then this process of picking up the pieces wouldn't be so traumatic for that individual and we wouldn't be sitting here going you know these are the things we can do it's up to you waiting for them to sort of take accountability and ownership trying to help support care 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 knowing that they might not even take on board these strategies or, or want to improve because they are just so traumatised dealing with the emotional affect of the incident. And I just think that it's been a huge learning for me over the six months and I think it's a really important thing that I get to share with you. It's been ages, so thank you so much for listening. Any feedback, I apologise for the inconsistency and hopefully I'll get a few more out to you soon. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Challenge Her podcast with Morgan Tioka. Follow, rate and share to help empower and educate young women.